This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races, touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Your last chance to play NFL DFS for a long time, so set some lineups. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer joined by Mike McClure. You're not going to get better DFS advice than, you're going to, than what you're going to get from Mike. He's a data engineer for Sportsline. By the way, go to sportsline.com, sign up. Very affordable, very helpful, awesome website, gambling, DFS, and the like. What's going on, Mike? You are a Chiefs fan. You have a dog named Chief. I know you are excited for Sunday. Are you more or less excited for this Sunday than you were a, a year ago? I'm definitely more excited for this one. I, I love the fact that it's going to be against Tom Brady. It gets to be a home game for him there. Just the year that we've had in 2020, basically, you know, it's like it feels more rewarding than ever to get to the Super Bowl in general. So I would say I'm more excited this year. That doesn't make any sense. How could you be more excited about the second one than the first one in like eh. 50 years? I, I think at this point, you like, we missed the prior year eliminated by Tom Brady there. Like, I think that it's, it's a little revenge narrative. It's a little bit, we expect to be here at this point already. (laughs) Okay. So it's the Brady factor, basically. Definitely. Definitely the Tom Brady factor. Well, today we're talking DFS, single game DFS. So how did, you know, what's a general strategy if someone's never done a single game DFS contest? Yeah. Single game DFS is a lot different. The most important thing that you have to understand is you want certain aspects of the lineup to be correlated while you can ignore correlations in the flex spot. But most like, so both sides, FanDuel and DraftKings have a captain spot and an MVP spot where they're awarding one and a half times the points for the points that the players accumulate on the field. So in those spots, when you're already getting that additional bonus, you want to at least correlate that captain to someone in your lineup or multiple people in your lineup. So an example would be you want Travis Kelsey at your captain spot. You have to play, in my opinion, you should basically have to play Patrick Mahomes in that lineup because they have the highest correlation. But if you're banking on that, a Travis Kelsey ceiling game, it's almost impossible for him to have that game without a good game for Patrick Mahomes. If that is going to happen, you're going to have to run it back with Tom Brady or one or two of his pass catchers because that should lead to a game script that leads to them throwing the ball more. It should be increased passing attempts, more opportunities to score fantasy points that way. So that's going to be the most important aspect of a single game. You need to pick your captain, build around it, and find the top two to three highest correlations to your captain, and then essentially ignore the rest of the correlations at the other spots. Do you have to be different? Do you have to, if you're going to win a contest, a tournament, do you have to get kind of goofy and pick some random player that has to have a big game? You will have to get a little different. Uh, I might personally, like, it really depends on your goal, right? So, like, do you really care about winning the solo million dollars by yourself, right? I personally think it would be an okay scenario if I tied with five people and split a million dollars, right? Uh, I don't, I don't want to tie with... After taxes, it's not really worth it, Mike. Right. Yeah. It's not worth it on the $10 entry. But (laughs) so what I personally like, I am looking to build unique lineups and reduce them as much as I can. (laughs) However, I'm not doing crazy things just to get completely away from them there. So the, my favorite way 
especially if you're using an optimizer, but even if you're not, you can do this by hand. I will set a rule for tournaments like this. If I'm playing say 20, even to hundred lineups, I will not allow the optimizer to use all of the salary. So we know from the data that we look at, it's a $50,000 salary cap. Over 50% of the lineups entered into the tournament are going to use all of the salary or only leave $200 on the table. That's it. So you can come in and those lineups, obviously, like you go back and look at the winning lineup. How often is it using and maximizing 100% of the salary? Almost never, right? So one way you can eliminate a lot of duplicates is to guarantee, make sure that you leave $400 on the table or more, $500 on the table or more. Make a setting in an optimizer that way, and that's going to get enough uniqueness in the lineup for me to where I don't have to worry about trying to find the third string tight end that might get one catch. Okay. And by the way, a $50,000 salary is DraftKings and a $60,000 salary on FanDuel. FanDuel has uh, an MVP and four flex spots. DraftKings has a captain and five flex spots. And uh, if you heard me laughing, cracking up earlier, because this is on video, so youtube.com slash fantasy football today. The, the gigantic dog, Chief, is uh, all over Mike, and it's really, really funny, and he's adorable, and he's wearing a Chiefs jersey, too, so uh, it's good stuff. I'm excited for you, man. It's it's fun to watch your team in the Super Bowl. It's been too long for me, but I'm excited for you. I hope you get to attend the game, the road game, basically. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, so uh, capt- captain spot for DraftKings, MVP for FanDuel. Talk about how they're different on the two sites and talk about what you should do there. Yeah, so we'll start with the differences between FanDuel and DraftKings. The major difference is both sites give you 1.5x points, but the salary is static on FanDuel. So the salary doesn't change at all. On DraftKings, the salary is basically 1.5x also. So therefore, on FanDuel, you're incentivized to simply pick the highest scoring player at the captain spot. While that's usually what you will end up wanting to do on DraftKings, it's not always that the way it works out in the end because uh, you can have a scenario where there's a lower price player that allows you to get more players down in the roster. So those are the biggest differences. So the number of players that you could potentially play at captain on DraftKings is significantly larger than the number that you should be playing on FanDuel. So on FanDuel... Patrick Mahomes, in my simulations, the median projection is almost seven points higher than any other player, meaning that he's going to take the majority of your MVP ownership on that site. So for me, I think that on on FanDuel, it's pretty much going to be Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady are going to have 50 to 60% of the ownership at that spot. And then it's going to be divided up relatively evenly between Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Godwin Evans, and Fournette. I think that those are really the only players that you could even potentially think about playing in the MVP spot on FanDuel. What about on DraftKings? Can you still go with Mahomes? Yeah, so on DraftKings, it's actually not the quarterback as often as you would think, right? So because of their scoring system and the way it works, I guess we could talk about that (laughs) quickly too. FanDuel is going to be half point PPR. DraftKings is full point PPR. Uh, So that's a a major scoring difference, especially in a pass-heavy game like we're projecting this to be. I'm not projecting the Chiefs to try to run the ball as much. Uh, But you also get a bonus for going over 100 yards, which is a three-point bonus, half a touchdown for a receiver simply going over 100 yards. So the scoring rules really benefit pass catchers over on DraftKings. 
it's a scenario where you often are going to have a top pass catcher at the captain spot with that quarterback in the flex. Whereas on FanDuel, you're mostly going to have that quarterback at the MVP with the receiver, the pass catcher in the flex. All right, so if you're looking for 100 yards then, let me just talk about the Chiefs guys. Tyreek Hill, in two postseason games so far, he's gone way over 100 yards. He had 110 yards against Cleveland, 172 yards against Buffalo. But for the season, he's played 17 games, and he's been at his prop, his, his uh, player prop on William Hill is 92 and a half yards. Um, and we're going to talk about props all week long on Fantasy Football Today and 5 on Fantasy Football Today, this this podcast. Out of 17 games, he's had 93 or more yards only seven times. I mean, that's not bad. But 10 times, he's actually had 79 or fewer yards this year in 17 games. Kelsey is just on fire, man. This guy, his his catches, his receptions prop is 7.5. He's gone over that in nine of his last 10 games. So as we mentioned, DraftKings is full PPR. This guy's got eight or more catches in nine of his last 10 games and a hundred yards. He's gone over 96 and a half yards, which is his prop in eight of his last 10 games. So, you know, I, I, and cause he's uh, cheaper obviously than Mahomes. still very expensive, but I think, uh, you know, he'll be a popular guy in the captain's spot. I would assume, right? Mike Kelsey. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that the top three are, are, they should be the Kansas city chiefs players. You might see Chris Godwin sneak up in that same range. But for me, it will very clearly be all three of Tyreek Hill, Patrick Holmes, Travis Kelsey. Those three players will take up at least 50% of my ownership at the captain spot, uh, maybe 55. And then after that, it'll be relatively even between Tom Brady, Godwin, Evans, and Fournette. Um, you know, the, the, as far as Leonard Fournette goes, I think he's probably the most interesting because uh, you really need to decide what side of the game script you're on as to whether or not you're going to play him as a captain. Um, I think that if you think that the Bucks are going to roll in this game, I think we see a lot of Ronald Jones, uh, more than, than most people are thinking here. If you think the Chiefs are going to be ahead and Tampa's going to have to continue to play catch-up, I expect a ton of work for Leonard Fournette in the passing game still in this matchup. So I personally will be overweight to the field on – Leonard Fournette there. So what I mean by that is I'm projecting Leonard Fournette to be owned at 6% in the captain spot on DraftKings. I'm going to have him all the way up to 10 to 12% on mine. So I'm basically trying to be double the field at that position. What I think is interesting is, well, the running backs, okay? Because right now, Leonard Fournette has been the guy for the Bucs recently. And Daryl Williams has been the guy for the Chiefs recently. But that's really because of injury, at least partially. Yep. You know, the, at one point, remember Ronald Jones. It was after the Chiefs game, actually, where he had a long touchdown catch. Um, not right after. I think maybe it was a couple weeks after. They made Leonard Fournette inactive, and they yep. gave the keys to the car to Ronald Jones. So when you look at their their prices on DraftKings, and Fournette is much much more expensive than Ronald Jones. You know that stands out to me. I know you said Fournette you know, that you're going to have that you're kind of favoring him, but. Jones to me, you know, at 2,200 is really interesting. And then on the other side, Daryl Williams has sort of taken over for Clyde Edwards Ziller, but we know that when Clyde Edwards Ziller was healthy, he was at least the number one running back. He wasn't having an amazing year. He wasn't getting a ton of touches, but he was way ahead of Daryl Williams. He was ahead of Le'Veon Bell. So who do you, you know, how do you look at that going into this game? Who are the starting running backs? Who are the best running backs in this game? So for me, I think it's pretty clearly Leonard Fournette at the top. And then I also like Ronald Jones, but a lot of that has to do with just the pricing, right? So like, I think there are scenarios where 
both players and pay off those price tags. So the thing that talking back to your, your original question, you know, five minutes ago was the difference between this and a normal slate. On a normal slate, like Ronald Jones having 10 carries, 40 yards, and a, a catch for 15 yards, that's that's a terrible game. Like you don't want any part of it. In this game at 2,200, maybe not such a bad thing, right? It's one game. Like there's not every player. It's not like a normal week of fantasy football where you're expecting a touchdown out of every single player on your roster, right? right. So his price point, we obviously know what the upside is there, right? But like I'm okay at 2,200. I'm okay with minimal work knowing that the upside is there. So Ronald Jones is my second favorite play. Daryl Williams is my third. And I don't think I'm going to have any CEH. I may not have any at all. If I do, I will certainly come in underweight to the field. So like I told you, I'd be basically double on Leonard Fournette at the captain. I will have zero CEH at captain. And then when I play him, if I'm projecting him at say 12% owned at the flex spot, I will have 6% or less. So I will have enough that if he does play well, I have some piece of the pie and I could still potentially get there, but I'm not, I'm basically banking on him underperforming expectation. Well, before Vita Vea got hurt, five games, six games into the season, the first five games, this was the best run defense in football, Tampa Bay. And it really wasn't close. They were giving up something like 2.3 yards per carry to running backs. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta wonder what kind of game these guys could have anyway, because Vita Vea is that good. And he, like I mentioned this earlier, he played a season low snap share against the Packers last week, but hopefully two weeks after that, a little bit healthier, hopefully he can get a full snap share. And I hope he plays and I hope he plays well because I, I think that makes this game a little bit more competitive. It makes it, you know, and and we don't want handoffs, right? Like we want Patrick Holmes to throw the ball and he's going to. All right, so let's talk about the wide receivers here. Who's the best? Uh, well, you've got some real studs here. You got Hill and you've got Godwin and Evans and Antonio Brown obviously could show up as well. Who's the best bang for your buck? So one guy that I'm looking at, like we all, I, you know, you don't need me to tell you Tyreek Hill's a good play here. Obviously, like he's arguably the best play and most electric player in the game there. Right. So what I'm looking at most though, is I like Miko Hardman a lot in this game. I think he has a ton of upside. I know that some of the way he's been utilized the last few games has been due to the injury and the running back situation, but you have to remember the chiefs offensive line is really banged up heading into this game. Sammy Watkins is recovering from injury. I like Miko Hardman here. I think they might use him out of the backfield a little bit and a lot in motion. I think that instead of a typical screen pass that they're going to dump off to CEH and Daryl Williams or potentially Le'Veon Bell, who I don't think will play much at all, I think they're going to use Miko Harbin and try and get him the ball in space quickly as much as they can. They may be forced into that simply if the offensive line can't hold up against this Tampa Bay pass rush. So that's something to look for. That's something I personally am going to be investing in. I'm going to be overweight to the field on Miko Hardman. Again, I expect Watkins to be ready to go. I think that the injury could pop up, but I, I do think Miko Hardman, despite the muff punt that potentially we thought was going to cost them, I think he's earned a lot of respect. I think he's earned a lot of playing time with this coaching staff. And I, I think that Patrick Mahomes trusts him. So I, I like a lot of Miko Hardman this week. Okay. And like, I gotta, I'll come back to wide receivers, but like, I'm looking at, at DraftKings right now, and Tyreek Hill is $10,400, and Tom Brady is $10,000. Can I really justify paying more for Tyreek Hill than Tom Brady? 
Uh, I mean, I think so personally, but it just depends on the the scoring rules, right? And what kind of game script you think shakes out. Um, Tyree Kill, you, you get to that point where if he gets the hundred yard bonus, eight catches, ten catches, you know, you're you're looking at twenty five points very very quickly, right? Uh, just because you got that three point bonus, which is massive, the PPR, like it's going to be really close. Um, but Tyreek certainly has more upside, right? So like you have the, you, got, you have to look at the full range of outcomes of the player. Tyreek Hill has a significantly higher probability of scoring 40 fantasy points than Tom Brady does in my opinion. Okay. Uh, so right. Tom Brady has a higher probability of hitting that say 25 number, but Tyreek has a higher probability uh, of exceeding that number. What do you make of the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs gave up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this year? And Stefan Diggs just had six catches for 77 yards on 11 targets. The week before, Jarvis Landry had seven catches for 20 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Um, Evans had 50 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. Godwin did have 97 yards in the first meeting, but they were great against DJ Moore. They were really good against Stefan Diggs twice. Uh, you know, they, they, they face a lot of good receivers. They've had some good performances, some bad performances. But overall, second fewest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. What does that mean to you? That's Kansas City we're talking about. Yeah, no, I think it's – I was actually pleasantly surprised to see it translate again in that big spot against Buffalo there. I think it's a, I think it's a very good indication. I think that these two wide receivers and Tom Brady is it's – it's a little different spot. I think that they're more healthy. I think they're going to be fine in this game. Uh, but you do mention it. I do kind of like the tight ends a little bit, and it's not Gronk that I like. I actually like Cameron Brait a little bit in this spot, um, especially with the uh, the way they're priced. I, I think that not a lot of people are going to go all the way up there, but I, I do like them. Uh, but I'm not too worried about the Kansas City defense. While it has been good and while they have limited uh, fantasy points to wide receivers, I don't think that that's enough to – persuade me to not play any of the wide receivers in this game. Uh, I think that if anything, if they struggle early and Kansas city gets off to a lead, anything that they lose in terms of efficiency, they're going to gain back or maybe exceed in terms of volume. Right. So they're just going to come out and have to throw even more if they fall behind. So I I personally am not worried about it in, in this spot. How do you feel about starting DSTs or kickers? So defenses and special teams in showdown in general are okay. I would never play one in the captain spot. Um, It's okay in the flex spot, but it mostly will depend on the projected ownership of the field. Um, So where I would be more interested in playing them might potentially be in a game like this, where we know it's an offensive battle and they might have a projected ownership in single digits. At that point, I could get a little on board with getting equal to the field or maybe slightly above. Where I would have no interest in playing them is when they would be 20 to 30% owned. Um, on my initial run, I, I ran a few lineups here. I'm going to pull it up and look. I have the Chiefs defense in 6% of my lineups. So what, when I say that, what I mean is I ran – I told my optimizer to build 100 teams – and then I will manually go through and kind of look. If I'm not playing all of them, I'll go look at the teams that I like and select those ones. But it gives me a good idea of like how much exposure I'm having to every player. So I have 6% of the Chiefs defense and 3% of the Buccaneers defense. Both of those numbers are right in line with where the projected ownership is at this point. So I'm not taking a strong stance on either side of it at this time. Um, 
I'll get updated numbers a little closer to Sunday there, but I would expect both of them to be single digits and below 10%. Um, so how I'm handling it, the, the projections are relatively low on them. The optimizer, like that's not me forcing anything. It just literally gave me 6% and 3%. At those levels, I'm comfortable playing whatever it does. I'm not going to exclude a team because it has one, and I'm not going to force one of them into a team just to have them. Okay. Uh, final question. couple of questions, actually. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are pretty similarly priced on both sites, FanDuel and DraftKings. Who do you like better? So I, it's ultimately it will come down to that. I think that I, let me tell you exactly where I have them first. Um, so initially Mike Evans, there was injury concern, right? With the knee. And that's why in the community in general, everyone kind of gravitated towards Chris Godwin, um, which makes a lot of sense. I think that I obviously give Mike Evans the nod when it comes to the red zone targets. Uh, yeah, I have him exactly the same at captain and at the flex. I have, I have more Chris Godwin. Uh, I have about 35% Chris Godwin, 26% Mike Evans. So I'll be on Chris Godwin just slightly more. And a lot of that is likely coming from the game theory aspect of we have a lot of expensive players here. People see the $400 price tag lower on Mike Evans. They view them as very similar players. So the average person is potentially going to click on Mike Evans name. Um, so if there's any sort of ownership boost there to be had, which it looks like there definitely is, uh, I'm projecting Mike Evans to be almost 10% higher owned than Chris Godwin. Okay. So I, I'll take the lower owned player as their projections are going to be nearly identical. Now, Godwin's had more targets in all three postseason games than Mike Evans. And final question, the total is somewhere around 57, might be 57 and a half now. Uh, let me get the updated. Uh, oh, down to 56 and a half. Okay, it started at 57 and a half, down to 56 and a half. The first meeting was 27-24, and the Bucks offense didn't really do much until the fourth quarter. Uh, so that's 51 total points in the first meeting. You think we're going over or under 56 and a half? Uh, 56 and a half, I'll take slight under. Um, I, I think we're looking 54, somewhere in that range. Uh, so I would lean towards the under. I do kind of agree with the way the market is moving on that. Um, it's not comfortable. Like it's game can obviously turn into a shootout. I think that one of the aspects that may not be talking, being talked about enough is the fact that the Kansas city offensive line is pretty banged up yeah. heading into this game. Yes, like, it is. This, they, they're not going to be able to, in my opinion, they're not going to be able to run the ball against the defense that nobody has been able to run the ball against. Right. Here. Yeah. And, and they say Mahomes' toe is about hundred percent, but who knows if that's accurate. So if you can't run the ball, and those pass rushers are coming at you, and you've got turf toe. Uh, you know, it. Uh, you might not want to watch the game, Mike. You might want to just <laughs> yeah, sit this yeah. one out. Yeah, that'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm banking on uh, Miko Hardman. As I told you, I think he's going to be involved in very short passes around the line of scrimmage. Okay, and hey, if he runs so he runs one back, all of a sudden he's in the MVP discussion, people. So might not be the worst uh, money to lay down there. All right, that's Mike McClure. Go to sportsline.com, sign up. It's an awesome website, great resource for you. Mike is brilliant, and he and so many other people on the website can help you out. Mike, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.